0: I think what we need to do is to to guide people better in how they can take the best out of out of the expos. And we have introduced, you know, our New Connect Plus app, which which allows many of those opportunities to network better with others, to to do appointments, to better learn about everything going on. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions
2: industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am
1: obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success.
2: And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and
1: get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. Hey, Matt, how's it going?
2: Well, Josh, I got to tell you, today is fantastic. Oh, you had me in
1: the first half.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Question for it.
1: Bring it. Thinking about the career that you have had in the attractions industry, places you've worked, maybe places you've been to, uh, maybe places you've you've visited as a guest, if you could work for one day as a frontline employee, anywhere in any attraction, anywhere in the world,
2: what would you want to do that day? Mm. That is such a tough question. My first thought goes back to my first park at Canopy Lake Park. Because I was a ride operator there, started as a ride operator, worked through the rides department, and I could very easily see myself running a coaster uh, for the day, you know, interacting with guests, you know, that kind of thing. I also have to say that when I was at Universal and we had the extras program where during the busy seasons, we would, you know, all the back of house folks would sign up and work the front of house areas. Um, I loved ticket taking. At the Mm -hmm. front gate, because I got to interact with so many different people and help them, um, you know, in a very small way, maybe plan their day a little bit. Have you seen this? Would you like to do this? That kind of thing. So um, I don't know that I have a specific place that I'd like to be, but I think it would have to be very much guest facing um, so I can interact with a lot of people while I'm doing something. Um, Again, operating a ride, ticket taking, something like that. I think that would be really, really fun. How about you?
1: I agree with you. Love (laughs) ride operations, love interacting with guests. I have always wanted, because I never had the opportunity to be a boat captain, where I could drive a boat and just tell some really corny jokes. Okay. And I think that that is how I would spend it. Very cool. So, So something new. Yeah, something I, I haven't done. I, you know, when I when I worked at Cedar Point, it was when Paddlewheel Excursions was still open, and there was one time uh, when I was working at Millennium Force, the ride was down for an extended period, and they were sending us off to to different rides. And I said, were there any openings at Paddle Paddlewheel? And, and my rides manager said. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you got to learn to drive the boat and you got to learn the script. And I'm like, I know the script. I said, all you got to teach me is how to drive the boat. And that can't be that hard, right? right. I, I can do the entire script front to back. I never got to be a Jungle Cruise skipper, never got to be a Jaws skipper. Uh, <clears throat> Jungle Cruise at least is still there. So maybe maybe I've got a, a future of the Magic Kingdom in front of me.
2: Or Maybe. Disneyland. maybe yeah. I, I will say that even as a manager, especially when I was at Canopy. I was a manager if I just needed a break from managing, you know, if, if that makes sense, right? And I, I wanted to recapture some of that, that magic of interacting with guests. I would go up to a ride platform, specifically the Corkscrew. I loved that, you know, operating that one, which is no longer there at Canobie. Um, Or go up to the Yankee Cannonball roller coaster, which you and I rode um, together yep. when we were up at the NEAPA um, education seminar. Um, and I would just get into the operator's you know, spot, and I would tell the operator to go group or go take a break or something. And I would just, I could just be in a zone and just let all of my, you know, management stress just kind of melt away. And then, you know, once I was up there for an hour or so, you know, switch out of the position and and then go back and be refreshed. So that was kind of like, you know, charging the batteries for me to be in that role. So even back then, I would actively put myself in that position. Because I knew what it did to me uh, emotionally. Yeah. Now, if you were to do that now, it probably wouldn't be as well received. Well, I probably wouldn't have the proper training at this point, so <laughs> no. Prob- I'm sure this it would guy. not be well received. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, go
1: take 15. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So you're saying, like, like those those guest facing interactions, and and this example kind of ride operations. It's it's therapeutic. It's cathartic in some ways.
2: It definitely can be. Now, you and I are talking about doing it for an hour or a day. Um, Let's be real that people that do this, you know, for an entire summer or continue to do it for an entire year, if your park is open year round, um, it can be just as stressful as any other job. When you're dealing with the public, you're dealing with safety, um, you're dealing with capacity, all those different things, you know, that can make it a stressful job. But I think what we have over other industries is we also have the side of it where, we are there to have fun. We are there to make sure the guests are having fun. And I know for me that whenever, again, if I was having a bad day or something, if I could go out and make somebody else smile, that impacted me like that. It was that reciprocal kind of thing where they're having a good time. And now that's rubbing back off on me. And I can, again, let that, let that stress kind of melt away. So what you're saying is the
1: employee experience is oftentimes a reflection of the guest experience. Didn't we talk about this when we talked about your trip to Knoebels and your review of Coaster NerdCon 2022? I'm sure we did. And I'm sure we're Uh, gonna talk about this again. I am sure we will too. But the reason we bring this up and you talked about as a manager taking over a frontline position, when you know where they were uh, encouraged or required to do that amongst many parks was Europa Park in Germany where Jakob Wall worked earlier in his career before becoming the president and CEO of IAPA.
2: So this is really exciting because Jakob started, like many of us did, on the front lines, right? And even said, even before that, he went to um, a fair in Bonn, Germany, and was fascinated by the rides and things like that. And so he calls himself an aficionado and kind of grew up in the industry. And you know, I love hearing stories about people who started on the front line and now have achieved really, really high levels of success, which there's a ton of them in the industry. And so to hear Jakob talk about his career path, uh, the things that he's learned over the years, um, you know, rising to, you know, the top of the, the biggest association that, you know, is, is over our, our industry. Um, it's really fascinating. So uh, we get to hear all of that and more. Mm-hmm. So IAPA, in case you're not familiar, is
1: the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions. And like you said, it is the largest association in the attractions industry. The uh, annual trade show in Orlando attracts, I think this past one was somewhere around the mid-30,000s pre-COVID. It was topping 40,000. And Jakob recently just took the role in January of 2023 um, as Hal McAvoy retired. We uh, we interviewed Hal uh, last summer. I believe it was episode two. 251 if I recall correctly had a fantastic conversation with and now we get to talk about uh, what's going on with with Jacob what's going on with IAPA as we're going to 2023 and even into the future
2: and so, what I loved hearing is how he is kind of positioning himself to focus on the future. Right? He talks about being relevant and and staying relevant. And you know, advice to people, um, you know, coming through the through the industry as a, as a career is to be curious and and be brave and go talk to people because there are people out there that will that will absolutely help you. Um, but he also talked about, and this was very interesting. You know, in one. Part of his his um, his interview, he talks about, you know, the digital resources that I think are necessary to bring the global community together. But on the other hand, saying that these in-person events that they're doing actually more of are never going to go away just because we as human beings crave those interactions and we could never survive completely in the digital realm. Right, exactly. So good news for anyone who who <laughs> might have been concerned or skeptical
1: of will an IAPA Expo in the future be me sitting on my living room couch with a headset on? Not going to nope. happen. At least nope. not, not while Jakob is in charge. So you and I could talk about this all day. We could talk about rides that we want to operate or things that we would love to do as frontline team members. But uh, let's hear about the state of the association uh, straight from Jakob Wall. Hi, Jakob.
0: Welcome to the Attraction Pros podcast. We are so excited to talk to you today. How are you? I'm very good. Welcome from sunny Florida. Thanks for having me. Uh, I wish you could see the sun, but there's actually so much sun that it's too bright for the camera. So this is why we in this room. But thanks for having me.
1: <laughs> Our pleasure, and I'm jealous already. I'm looking out the window; it's been snowing nonstop for a day and a half here in Chicago. So I think I've I've got a trip to Florida coming up. I need to I need to at least think about it. So thank you for uh, for that. Um, to get this started, can you give us a, a brief intro? Tell us about yourself and your and uh, background in your career.
0: Well, I actually would consider myself a little bit of an aficionado. I, I started quite early, and I grew up in Bonn, which is the old capital of Germany. And there was always a big carnival in town for five days, one million guests and um, difficult name for an American, but it's called Markt. And uh, my father took me to the buildup of those big rides and big, you know, traveling, looping coasters. And somehow it caught my attention. And, um, and then I actually, my very first summer job was, what a surprise, in an amusement park and checking tickets at Fantasialand in Germany, one probably of the most beautiful theme parks in the world. And since then, I I always wanted to to stay in the industry. So after school and during studies, I I did internships at Disneyland Paris in the business department. I um, worked with the French Association for Amusement Parks and Attractions, SNELAC. And uh, then I finished studies and actually did something completely different. Uh, For two years, I worked for the project management agency, which did corporate design for TV channels before... I um, actually had a had a lucky moment because I always stayed in touch with some of those other international people who who, who worked in this industry, and one of them was Andreas Andersen, who worked back then for IAPA Europe, and um, asked me if I don't want to work for him. So I applied, I went to the job interview, which actually is a story in itself. We we might talk about that one evening, uh, over a glass of beer, but <laughs> um, made it, got the job, and had. Four five fantastic years with Karen Staley Andreas Anderson, and um, during that time, obviously met many park operators. And at one of those meetings, Michael Mack with Europa Park asked me if I don't want to work for him. So um, I did. Had four amazing years in at Europa Park. Sometimes I say you know it was gross. It was four years net it was eight because we, we we worked a lot. But I think you know everyone who works in park operations know how how that goes. And um, then after four years. I actually discovered that IAPA was looking for for a vice president in in IAPA Europe or IAPA Emir at that moment, and uh, I took the chance because I always had two two chests in my or two hearts in my chest, and uh, I was I was glad that I could make my way back to back to IAPA and then um, stayed there for four years, and then got offered the position as COO in November last year, and moved my family to America, and then. Also in a little bit of a surprising move, um, Hal McAvoy announced his retirement. So I applied for that position and was fortunate enough to, to convince the, the search committee and IAPA's board of directors to, to be voted then or to be named the new CEO, which I took over January 1st, 2023
2: excellent what a what a ride uh, it's been i'm yes. sure um i'm wondering if we can go back to when you started as a as a ticket taker right um yes. probably didn't didn't imagine that you would end up running the trade association over the entire industry um but what was it about that job and those early experiences that really attached you to the industry
0: well actually the the, the first day was horrible i have to say because you know at that moment Fantasialand had two courses in in, in one spot and both of them actually had to close down uh, for maintenance checks. and my first position was at that entrance to tell the people that two of the major attractions are closed. So you know um, you can imagine how much fun that was. but uh, somehow I, I truly enjoyed you know bringing joy to the people. It, it might sound awkward, but I think it's it's what we have as a wonderful purpose in this industry, we make people happy. And and in conjunction with the fact that you somehow such an amusement park or attraction is a little city in itself. You know, you have all the different job functions which you would normally need in a in a town or a village or city, and all in one company and all for the purpose of making people happy. And that somehow, you know, was something I always wanted to 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 follow up in my life. And it's and something I still have, you know, it's it's the same what we try to do as an association here every day. You now, we want to make our members enjoy their membership, take out, you know, like something which is of relevance for them and also enjoy the experience at the trade show. Yes, it is business, but it's also an experience. And I think that is something where we are very focused on, on delivering that to the people and in a certain way are not that much different to, to an amusement yeah I uh,
1: so you said uh you took the role in January of 2023 as president and CEO of Iapa congratulations again on on the new position uh would love to know as far as uh some initiatives for your first year and uh and really your your biggest goals to accomplish as CEO
0: well first of all I'm I'm pretty grateful for taking over at a position where Iapa is is in a very solid position position now Hal mcavoy as former president and ceo has done an amazing job over the last years in in developing iapa to what it is today and i think now is a little bit the the the, the moment to write the next chapter and there are some 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 things which i would like to work with the amazing team which we have all across the world which are trying to really open up the association to be to be transparent to be relevant and to be more digital so I think we are are very fortunate to work in this industry and to bring together the leading experts. And Josh, you know that. You have been part of of several committees. And we have amazing discussions and really, really fruitful discussions in those groups. But sometimes those discussions stay in that group. And I would like to try to become more transparent and to see how can the other 99% of our members benefit from that? You know, how can we actually... To transport the knowledge which is sitting in those rooms which is sitting in this association to make this more beneficial for 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 others and that is definitely one of my of my bigger tools through transparency and also digital tools to try to open up sometimes i think iapa is still considered to be a trade show organizer you know there are too many people out there saying hey i go to iapa and i always say hey it's iapa attractions expo there's more to that and i want to put membership strong and a focus that we really question everything we do thinking about what is the purpose what is the relevance for the members in what we do right now and and there are you know plenty of different ways of what we look what we what we're looking into right now but i think those are definitely the key factors in trying to see how can we be of relevance in everything we do today for the suppliers for the operators and also the individuals which are members of us there are definitely many, many content-driven areas as well. I think you know we continue to be very strong in safety. We will develop a stronger sustainability strategy, which I'm particularly proud of. But I think really the overarching themes are, are the relevance, the transparency, and the digital offering. Because in past years, often you know, and you might remember that from your visits to the expo. When you leave the expo, there's a there's a big sign. See you next year. You know, for our Expo in, in Europe, it will see you next year in Paris, and actually, it should be see you tomorrow in our digital space because it should be 365 days a year, and and that is something which we which where we would like to accelerate a little bit the speed.
2: Thank you for sharing that, and I'm wondering if we can dive a little deeper into the. The experience you talked about experience for the members a little bit ago. And certainly all of our operators are you know intent on providing a great experience for their guests. And you equated that to the great experience that you want to provide for the members. So what do you feel like that looks like? Um, where there might be some things that people Aren't necessarily aware of, or they may think that, like you said, that it's just a trade show, and they they're not even aware of the education that goes on and the networking. So, what do you feel would be sort of the the um, the vision of the experience for you know a member of IAPA?
0: Well, first of all, I think the whole team here is, is striving for excellence, you know, and I'm I'm personally always sad. Only one person doesn't have a great experience at the expo, and and you know we really want everyone to enjoy it and take home a lot of a lot of things. I think what we need to do is to to guide people better in how they can take the best out of out of the expos. And we have introduced you know our New Connect Plus app, which which allows many of those opportunities to network better with others, to to do appointments, to better learn about everything going on. I think another example is also what is the experience coming to a trade show? And and it was interesting because last year, coming out of COVID and with the international travel restrictions taking place, we noticed that we had to fill some spots here in Orlando. So what did we do? We, you know, we did some launches, we put some benches in, and surprisingly, people really, really enjoyed that. You know, people liked those spots. And we noticed that, you know, out of an issue, something good happened. So this is where we try to improve the trade show experience in a way that people can also have more fun and not be only, you know, trade show who's focused. And I know, you know, all our exhibitors have fantastic products there, which you all got to see and all got to buy. Um, <laughs> but it is it is beyond that. And you might have seen in Orlando this year, we had a DJ playing, you know, in the entrance area. This is this doesn't make or break a show, but it gives you a good feeling. The same, you know, in London and at the European Expo where we had, where we had a member lounge, which was which included games from exhibitors, you know, and which included a nice space. Another aspect also is where we have in London put the theatre and the conference rooms on the trade show floor, so that you had a seamless experience moving between conference and trade show. Because I think those are the areas where we really want to have people enjoy the event even further and make it more memorable. And we can we can learn a lot from from many of our members, which of a fantastic experience. And that is what, what we're looking at. And definitely the app is one of those ideas where you can connect with the people before the show and also after the show. If you couldn't attend some of the sessions, you can re-watch them. And this process I think is, is very important for, I would call the, the membership experience as well, regarding to the to the trade show. But beyond that, um, I think one of our goals is, and I mentioned that before, to try to become digital, so to really try to tell people better about everything we do, we have fantastic research department, we have great government relations areas, and I think I'm convinced that the majority of our members don't even know about. It. So what do you do about it? I think we all know, you know, you send an email to your database, but we are all swamped with emails. You know, we are all sick of emails of newsletters. So the question is, you know, how can we communicate with our members better? To what we currently do and I think we, we we have some good ideas and and want to put them into action in the, in the next time
1: when you talk about the uh, the experience of the trade show and there's a lot there that, that we can unpack and I think we could we can come back to a number of things that you had just talked about there and, and all these initiatives of, of the relevancy and the transparency and the, the digital aspect of it uh, but continuing on, on on the trade show experience, I always think going to an IAPA expo is fun. I try to explain it to friends, family. They don't get it because they haven't been. And, and that's okay. them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I want to program, right? I and when you talk about these things of, of the member lounges, of the DJ and the concourse, of the of the theater integrated with the, the trade show exhibit, a lot of the things that you're describing sound very similar to the ways that theme park operators might be creating the experience for your guests. So Are these conversations that are that are being had that the IAPA Expo should almost feel like an experience for members and and attendees in the same way that guests feel when they visit a theme park or attraction? Definitely.
0: I I think you saw that as well. We had those themed entrances this year in, 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 in Orlando. I think we are always better when we work with our members, because even if we have a great team which knows what we're doing, to come together with our members and and putting something together is just makes a difference between something good and something fantastic. And and I would like to quote our our events in Barcelona and Tibidabo, you know, where we hosted our opening reception at a venue, which was so proud of of what we were able to do. They went above and beyond in in having one of the most memorable experiences. And, And I think, you know, the same applied to Universal and Islands of Adventure, where, you know, Universal with John McReynolds hosted us in an amazing way this, this year, or last year, sorry, it was 2022, um, where where we really try to, to have something which is memorable, because I'm convinced that those are the memories which will stay, and those are the memories which will add to the branding of IAPA. And yes, I mentioned, it's not only about the trade show, but it is about a general feel which you connect to what you experience there. And and being able to attend those events like in barcelona i think you know makes makes a difference and i'm particularly excited you know being a european this year for the european show we are in vienna we will go to the prater which is just next door one of the most historic amusement parks and i'm pretty confident that this will be also like a memorable experience and, and 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 a night to remember where we are ultimately among friends and colleagues because i think that is also what makes this industry special you know we even if you're competitor you're still a colleague and you're still often friend because we we are all in here together and i think that is what makes it sometimes easier for us to to offer a great experience
2: so one of the things i'm curious about is you you said earlier and i am totally with you on this that if one person doesn't enjoy it that that bothers you right that hurt that hurts you okay. heart. yeah we have a lot of members in IAPA, right? So that's a lot of people to try to, try to satisfy, keep happy, you know, find their needs and that kind of thing. So how do you scale that feeling of connection and, um, focus on, we want to focus on your needs, um, while you also have the needs of the entire association and industry kind of under your, your umbrella. So how do you kind of balance those two things?
0: It's it's interesting what you say because we, we are now at a stage where we have you know six thousand eight hundred members worldwide, which is which is a record number. You know, we we never had more members across the world, and I I have the personal belief that as soon as you have a personal relationship with the, with a the member, the member is likely to stay because I think you know they they then understand the value of the association and they understand the even the intangible value of of what we do. So we have, I think, you know, with the strategy, which was started in the 2000 years in, in opening up regional offices, I think this is where we have made the biggest difference. We have now four regional offices across the world with, you know, Paulina Reyes in, in Latin America, June Co. in Asia Pacific, Michael Shelton here in North America and Peter van, van um, Shelton in, in uh, sorry, probably, you know, my successor is the hardest week to come now, um, um, where we have regional teams which work very closely with the membership on a daily basis. And it's that personal relationship where we talk to the people to understand their needs. What do they want from us? What do they expect from us? Where can we support? Which are the, the cases where we can jump into to, 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 you know, to help them? And I think that actually makes a difference. And that is why we try to encourage our team to, to get out, to talk to the people, to learn from the people, to understand the business. And, I'm, and I think a cornerstone of that strategy is also to have people who know the industry. We're very fortunate to have some great employees who are either very passionate for the industry who have experienced the, the industry from the operator side. And that creates an understanding which actually helps us very much in the daily business.
1: Yeah. Can you talk about or, or uh, share any possible examples of these initiatives from member engagement and talking to them and learning from them and collecting feedback that perhaps has led to enhancements or improvements to certain ways that IAPA, whether it's runs events or whether it's engages with members, or the way that that uh, members are able to benefit from IAPA based on feedback uh, developed by members.
0: I, I want to give you two examples. I think one of the key examples for how IAPA works as an association was COVID you know COVID first appeared in in Asia you know we still had doubts we thought okay we all you know it would be okay and then we noticed how how it transitioned to other continents and this is where we got together the leading operators of amusement parks from all across the world we gather, gathered them virtually and they together developed a guidance document on how to operate theme parks safely during during the pandemic. And that document actually helped them to operate, but it also helped them to lobby back to the authorities and saying, listen, we as a global association for museum parks have worked on that document to show you that we know what we're doing. And I know from many talks with members that they said, this made a difference in, in getting the approvals to reopen. And I think that is exactly where we try we, we, we give the platform to our members to exchange with each other and to come up with the best results. I'll give you another examples. Right now we have in, in, in EMEA, we have a task force for accessibility, which actually works on three very important items where we think about how can we change existing rights to make them more accessible. The second one is how can we plan actually building new rights which are accessible. And the third one is how we communicate about it in the best way we noticed that there was more and more discussion about it and there was a bigger demand so we brought together the right people they're working on that white right paper which will then be distributed to all members and i think that should give you the idea of where we see issues or challenges or opportunities we get together the right people we develop paper or, or or presentations or webinars or sessions and then bring it back to the to the bigger membership and i think that is how we understand our role and what I said before, to make our people aware of what is needed in the industry.
2: So one of the things that... I was just wondering about as we're making this, this parallel between IAPA and for example, a theme park or an amusement park is you could kind of look at it as, you know, IAPA has seasons, right? When, when you do your trade shows. And one of the things that I know that uh, a lot of organizations are trying to communicate to their guests are what do we do during the off season? So can you, you've worked in, uh, you know, now a couple of, couple of different IAPA offices, when the trade show is not going, of course, there's people working around the clock to make sure that that they that they happen and they're they're wonderful events. But can you give us a glimpse into the day to day of what goes on in the, at the IAPA offices?
0: I thought we only have forty five minutes. I'm not <laughs> sure how you want to squeeze that in. And and it's funny when you when you ask the question to a park, you know, they also say which off season, you know, because as soon as you're done with the season, you start preparing the next. Season. So you know. Obviously, we have our teams which are busy with trade shows, but also we have developed many things which are outside of the trade shows in terms of events. You know, if you if you look at the three regional trade shows, we have Asia Pacific, we have the Emea or the European one, and the, the one in Orlando. Now we actually introduced four trade summits, which are smaller gatherings, you know, with a small trade summit con- 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 concept where you have you know, maybe 30 to 40 small stands. But where we try to bring the regional, the regional people together. Like not don't travel the world, but meet the people from the region and learn about you know, what, what is important in this business right now. So it's a strong mix of education, small trade show component, and educators. That takes actually a lot of time, um, which needs to be done to be prepared for the right sessions. And and Josh, Matt, you both know that. I mean, the, the moment. We are right now preparing the education program for the trade shows in September and November because it it takes a lot of time. But beyond that, we have those teams which work all year round in in their departments. You know, We have um, here in Orlando, we have two people working all year round on research documents. And I can tell you we have doubled actually our investment into that area because we see the need for research papers all across the world. And this is where we will have a very, very strong initiative this year with white safety reports, with economic impact studies, with benchmark reports, which we're all going to distribute. You can imagine, you know, our communication also takes, takes a lot of work. We have Fun World, the magazines, we have the Daily News, the, the News Daily, which is our, our news clipping service. All those things go, go and happen all year round. And then there are very important areas which also take a lot of focus from us. Um, I said it before, safety is definitely one of them. So we have um, brought together the leading safety experts from all across the world to try to further harmonize the European EN standard with the American ASTM standard. And and this is ongoing work which happens all year round. And early February, we are in Jacksonville for the ASTM meeting where we once again bring together our global safety committee and those experts to really try to work on those things. I just come back from Mexico where we, met with a sustainability committee and we are developing a sustainability strategy for the years to come for IAPA as an association, but also for our members on how they can improve their business. And I think all those things actually keep us pretty busy all year round outside the trade shows. I mean, we have the trade show teams, but the association is is alive um, 365 days a year. And that is exactly what I, what I tried to say before. To transport all those elements to the members is, is sometimes difficult.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the events are where people are able to gather. It's where the where the trade happens, where the networking, where the community happens. But in between all of those, that's where there are these opportunities to truly move the industry forward to the next level. In addition to, I would say, keeping you know keeping the momentum going. So the the research, the safety, the sustainability. Uh, that all of those, of course, can be done can be done year round, whether or not there's an event or a trade show going on.
0: Exactly, and 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 you shouldn't underestimate. The, the daily work and this is how we see the association as well. Sometimes you know we see it as a little bit of a consultancy because people come and park operators talk to us and say, hey, you know, have you seen any good examples in from parks which increased per cap spending? Or you know, what is your positioning on the best apps? Have you seen anything? Can you guide us? Can you put us in touch with each other? And I think this is 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 a is a very good exchange where the teams all across the world but also here in the headquarters know what is actually going on in the industry and then are able to connect the people with each other I, I don't say that we as an association always have the responses but we usually know someone who is very good in that and are happy to to connect you with each other at, at, at those moments and I think that is that is one of the one of the most important tasks to to know about it I just did a presentation with my with my former employer at Europa Park to talk about what we as an association see in terms of trends and developments in the industry all across the world. And that is definitely something which we see all year round. And, and I can only invite all our members to, to use us. You know, you with your membership, you kind of have the key to open the door. You just need to walk into the door and then, you know, use us in that, in that space. But um, that is actually what what I want us to be available for.
2: My next question was gonna be, um... Thinking about your own leadership style um, and all the different places that you've worked, what sort of kind of personal leadership strategies do you bring with you that you feel are really critical, especially taking over as uh, as the CEO of IAPA?
0: I think actually it was it was Steve Jobs who said, you know, he wants to hire uh, the good people and not tell them what to do, but the good people should come in to tell us how to do it. And I think that is something where. Which I see myself as well. You know, I wanna want be surrounded by people who are actually better in what they do than I will ever be, because I think we need those experts to guide us in in, in the daily routine and to give them the freedom to act and also the freedom to do mistakes. I, we 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 have to learn from those from those mistakes, me included. But um I wanna create a space where we can where we can try, where we can pivot, where we can you know, and develop things where we are innovative, but also where we are, you know, where we have that entrepreneurial spirit in in trying to service our members in a, in a new and modern way. And I think that is that is actually very very important to me in a, in a way that I want to be there to support them. I think you know servant leadership is 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 one of those words which which you can use, but to to help them in, in navigating them and giving them freedom to. To, to follow up with ideas, but to also disagree. And I think that is, that is for me, very, very important in that aspect. And then probably something which I, I also learned at yoga Park to be very curious. I think, you know, the, I, I sometimes wondered why is, why is Michael Max sending me to this meeting? Because, you know, what am I supposed to be there? And he said, there's always something you can learn. And even if it's something to do differently or not to do, but um, I think this curiosity actually helps a lot in, in, in running the daily business and also looking forward in what can we learn from others? How can we do better? And, and how do we want to shape ourselves for, for five years? So, Jakob, looking forward 10 years into
1: the future, yes. like, what do you envision IAPA looking like at that time?
0: Well, if I would know the answer how the world looks like in 10 years, I think I, I, I could be a rich man. And um, I think the, the, the most important thing is, and I said that before, and I'm sorry for repeating myself, is to be relevant. And I think that is you know where we need to understand how does the industry look like? How can we service our industry? And, and a key component to that is actually to continue this idea of a regional strategy because I'm convinced we need people on the ground to understand the markets. And I'm, I'm super excited. We are hiring this year, someone in Singapore. We are hiring someone in the Middle East, in Dubai to really try to connect to those members regionally in their language, in their time zone, to try to understand how we can be of service. And this is how we will develop. I I, I cannot tell you if in 10 years we will have five shows or like two trade shows or seven, but I'm sure that you know, this association is more than hundred years old and we have always adapted and we have always serviced our members and we have always grown. And, I'm, and, and I look forward to actually To 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 adapt again, I think definitely will be more digital in in the digital space. But I also think what we have seen is that trade shows are not to replace, and they might change in terms of character. But I think everyone of you listeners and of the two of you who has been to a trade show knows that this will be hard to replace in the virtual world because those those day to day meetings, you know, to meet someone. Just on the corridor, or in a networking session, or in a in a great panel, you know, with the two of you, attractions pro (laughs) live. I think that 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 is that is something which will also be existing in ten years. Maybe a little bit different, maybe more digital, but um, I think social interaction will not will not go away.
2: I would agree with that. I think as as human beings, I don't think we can survive very long without that. And I think COVID showed us that, you know, how people had this pent up demand to want to get out and experience attractions.
0: Yeah, look look at our industry. And I think we, again, we are not different to our industry. Um, I think you know, if the if COVID showed something, then it is that we want to be out and we want to be social. That you know, sitting at home is okay for a while, but ultimately, hey, how nice is it to get out? To have fun with each other, to look into into faces of joy of of fear, you know all those emotions, and and it's you know what you experience at amusement park, and it's the same. I think you know when you when you walk down the aisle, you meet a competitor, or you meet a friend, or you meet an operator, or you meet you know a customer. It's just you know it's like a class reunion. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it's it's refreshing to know that we're not going to have a, an expo in the metaverse anytime. In the metaverse, <laughs> I appreciate that. But at at the same time, with the world around us advancing uh, with this digital acceleration, whether it is about metaverse, whether it is just just about digital engagement, in general, you did say that that was a big portion of the strategy, and you talked about the IAPA Connect Plus app. Where do you see as far as maybe the next steps in embracing technology, embracing, I would say, the, the digital relevance of the world around us? As it best fits in with meeting in person and having the expo and the trade show and the experience in real life,
0: and I think that, that we are actually working on it already as we speak. You know, we have we are working on introducing a new membership software which will allow us many more opportunities actually in in talking and communicating with our members and make it much easier. So I think that is for us a very exciting step, which might not be directly visible by you as a member but it helps us communicating more targetly you know, and more direct with, with our stakeholders. So I think that is a very important step for us. You mentioned the, the the Connect Plus app, which is very, very important for us, which we will actually also add more to the future in, in additional tools. We have also created last year the, the, the new marketplace, which we are now connecting with those other softwares, where we try to give exhibitors or suppliers the option of being present all year round. And I think those are those are areas where we where we want to do step by step in becoming better in those things. I give you one more example. We have introduced last year, and 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 Caitlin was great enough to help with that. And it, it, a simple thing. And we asked all exhibitors to tell us, okay, what new product are you presenting this year at the expo? Because we get the feedback many people are actually overwhelmed coming to the expo. You have thousand exhibitors. You don't know where to start you don't know kind of what's going on so we will actually ask our exhibitors more to say hey do you have something new send it to us do you have any kind of digital digital information to that we will all put it on a website and then people can inform themselves beforehand through the website through the app about what's new what's hot and that is a great tool actually for exhibitors but also for attendees to connect people looking for innovation and i think those are the things where we where we try to offer more um it's not a it's not a brand new idea you know but it's it's something which we haven't offered before same applies to platforms where we want to kind of I don't want to call it message board because message board sounds so much like the 90s but uh digital engagement strategy that's probably the fancier word where people <laughs> and members can connect with each other all year round so I think those are the areas where we we would like to have the people working closer with each other all year.
2: You know, Jakob, one of the things that I love about IAPA is all the new people that are coming to the show or getting involved and young people that are are building careers in the industry. And I'm curious what some of your best advice would be to people who are pursuing a career in the industry. What would you tell them, uh, maybe things from your uh, background um, or things that you've experienced that would help them further their career, take the next step?
0: Well, I think first of all, you you might need to ask your co-moderator because I think we have a Young Professional of the Year award winner here.
2: (laughs) Oh, I've asked him many times. (laughs) But his
0: his response was not satisfactory. No, I'm I'm joking. (laughs) I I, I ultimately think, you know, it's what I said before, be curious and and don't be afraid. And this is what I tell everyone. And this is my my invite as well to to everyone who's listening. Get in touch with us. You know, we, we... I've never seen anyone in this industry where who would send away a young person asking for advice. You know, I think you can go to to CEOs, you can go to owners, you can go to senior managers at the expos, at the events, also you know through LinkedIn, and you will most likely get a nice response, and you will find people who are helpful because this is a people business, and we like people, and this is where I think you know I, I when I speak to students, I always say brave and just you don't even need to be brave just go and, and approach someone and and i think that is that is what makes a difference in this industry that that usually we are we are we are pretty nice people and and are very helpful to each other in also finding the way and my invite to all members and to to non-members as well you know send me an email call me you know you find my mobile number everywhere and and whatever we can do to assist we would be happy to do so i think this industry is desperate for for young talent you know we we all know that we have a great resignation this is a wonderful industry we look for young people and there are plenty of opportunities for everyone listening to to make their dream come true in this industry so you know again the door is open you just need to walk in <laughs> well, it right. I, I, I hope josh you agree <laughs> I, I, yeah, I completely
1: agree uh especially with what you said with you said you don't know anyone in this industry who would not give advice to yeah. someone who's young and, and building their career and I, I've definitely found that just o- over the last several years uh as, as I've been building my career that that is 100 absolutely true and and definitely one of the best things about our industry a question but there's for you.
0: there's one warning which I sometimes say you know there's this warning I say once you work for the attractions industry, you will never work anywhere else for two reasons. You do not want to work anywhere else. And the second reason, actually, no one else will take you because they don't take you seriously You know, coming out of the attractions industry. So <laughs> <laughs> that is just something you need to be aware of.
1: So is there anything about the industry that you would like to see changed?
0: There is, and, and I know many members are listening here and, and many operators, and I, I have a little request because I think, you know, we are, we we all look for benchmarks. We all look, what are others doing? How can we improve? And you know, and to learn from each other. And this is where, and I mentioned it before, we have actually invested into research, and we have two team members here working, you know, on on all those studies. And sometimes I I hope to get a little bit more responses from from the industry. And I have to be very honest, you know, we we don't see the individual responses. You know, if if there's a if there's a Matt Heller theme park and Matt Heller theme park responds to us, I don't know what Matt Heller is responding. I just see the aggregated data. But it helps us understanding the business and it helps others to understand the business. And sometimes I I, I think our industry is very open to each other and on a on a on a trade show floor, you know, in, in discussions. But and I would love us to be to be more open in in terms of those numbers. Which are of relevance because I think ultimately it would it would help us all. But I mean that is that is probably one of the very few factors. I think everything else we're working on, we have great education at the trade shows where we really talk about learnings. We have some some really, really wonderful initiatives in the area of safety. And I think also what we are currently working on in sustainability will be equally as important in, in the years to come. So I think that is where we see that the industry is stepping up. And, and that's, that, that feels good.
2: Well, I will tell you anything you want to know about the Matt Heller theme park as soon as it gets built. So <laughs> <laughs> you may just have to. Wait I want for to
0: buy it. my annual pass.
2: <laughs> You'll get one complimentary. Um Woo-hoo! <laughs> I have a question from for someone who comes from the operation and someone who also is yourself uh, came from the operation. If you could go back um, and work a frontline position at any park. Any position um, for a day? Where would it be and why?
0: Wow! Um, I we, we had that program at Europa Park there, where the management always worked one day in the park and um, in, in the front line. So I actually did uh, did Arthur the the, the the suspended dark ride, which I truly enjoyed. It was you know working in operations on on the field and trying to you know work on the dispatch times of the capacity. You know I I, I loved that. Um, it might sound odd, but I think what we underestimate sometimes is the work which is done, especially in the accommodation area of this business. And and I think you know all those all those resorts which we have. Um, I I think I would like not that I would like to, but I think I should experience one day as in, in housekeeping, because I think that is probably one of the hardest jobs in our industry. And I'm not sure if we. If we appreciate that enough, and and just you know to to learn how hard they work every day, that 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 could be an experience which which would attract me. What I would love to do, though, you know, it's a good question. Um, I I, I have to think about. It. If I could, probably, you know, stunt show act in a big stunt show with crazy stunts, you know, but well, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: it's it's an imagination question, so it's a perfect. That's right. Answer. That's right. Okay. okay. Yeah, all, all of those responses were, were just fantastic. Right, Jakob, as we start to wind down here, uh, this has just been a, a fantastic interview, and, and we really appreciate your time today. If people wanted to, like you said, that the door is open, uh, if they want to get a hold of you directly, where would you send them? And there's someone out there listening who's just being introduced to IAPA for the first time, where would you send them as well?
0: Uh, actually, to me or to the regional vice presidents, you know, I, I mentioned them: Peter, June, Michael, uh, Paulina in the regions. You know, if you have international people, but again, I, I'm sure you have the technical means now to put in my email address. <laughs> please, please don't hesitate to to send me an email and to to contact me on LinkedIn. I'm usually pretty good in responding, if um, so. So I would be happy to hear from them, and and that is something where. We want to we wanna strive in, in, in customer excellence or member excellence, so to say, so we want to be there to, to help you. And this is where you should never hesitate to, to reach out to me individually or personally, but also to one of my colleagues.
2: That's excellent. Well, I hope your inbox gets flooded with uh Me too. People just people just uh looking for information and looking to connect. Well, Jakob, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for your time. I believe you said this is your first interview as the CEO of, of Iapa. It's an honor for us to uh to help you with that. So thank you again for being here. And for everybody out there who's watching and listening, just remember we are all attraction pros. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros Podcast.
1: Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.